the sports stance. Hey everyone, I am your host Greg and I, I believe, I believe that this, I believe that this is the sports dance and welcome to the show. If you do not know that chant, well you should, not the sports dance part of it, but I believe that we will win and we did win. The U.S. women's national team won the World Cup. We're jumping into it people. There is, what better way to introduce the show than to say... The USA sits on top of the world once again in a sport. I mean, if you look at it, we dominate football, basketball, we're pretty good at baseball, and now soccer. The women's national team won again, this time beating the Netherlands, more like the never-gonna-happen-lands, Emirate, in the World Cup final with a final score of 2-0. That's right, we registered a shutout in the World Cup final. Can't get any better than that. Oh, wait, you can? You also broke records? That's right. The women's national team also scored 26 goals in this World Cup, beating the previous record of 25 goals. Probably helped that they won 13-0 against Thailand. But still, record's a record. Win's a win. World Cup champs are still World Cup champs. So it's phenomenal. These women are unbeatable, undeniably good. They they didn't even come close to potentially losing a game. The worst they did was have a tie score at points during their games, and that only happened twice. So these women just categorically went through team by team, exposed them, beat them, and advanced. Now the whole storyline has been the whole time, they're arrogant, they're cocky, they're you know too big for their britches, Whatever you want to say about them, you know, they're they're too full of themselves. They're narcissistic type team. Stop it. First off, stop it. When you're that good, that talented, and an event like this comes around once every four years, and you think you're the best, and you prove game in and game out you are the best, you let people know. You can be arrogant. You can be cocky. You can be a little narcissistic because guess what? That's what athletes are. There is no major sports athlete who has had great success that you can look at and say, there's not a little narcissism in that person. Give me one. Yeah, I'm waiting. Yeah, no, you can't think of anybody. LeBron James, bit of a narcissist. Kobe Bryant, bit of a narcissist. Uh, Let's see. Let's look at baseball. You can look at guys like David Price, bit of a narcissist, like all these guys who are great people, great talents, do a lot of great work. But for the most part, when you are very talented and you have great success and you know you are one of the best, you're going to let people know. You're going to be a little cocky about it. And guess what? People are going to get annoyed. Usually those people aren't going to be the ones that reside in your own country when you're representing them on a world stage. But that's what happened. These women, for some reason, annoyed their own country. Probably for the fact that their leader, Megan Rapino, said she wouldn't go to the White House. We're not going to get too far into the politics here because nobody 
wants to deal with it. Everything gets politicized now. We're not going to do that here. But just by saying, wasn't going to go to the White House, didn't want to meet Trump, half the country turned on her right then and there. And now any type of thing she does, says, does, is tried to use against her. It's pretty ridiculous. Your country just won a world title. They beat all the other countries, and by all the other countries, like 20 plus other countries, in a sport that you're technically not supposed to be the best at. But the women are. How good are they? They have added their fourth star to their shirt. That's right. If you haven't heard the catchy tune, here it is. Angelic voices, not so much. But you know what? Who cares? They got four stars on their shirt, which means they have won 50% of the Women's World Cups that have been played. Can any other country say that? No. Do you want to know why? Because the women of the United States are just that good at soccer slash football. Because for all our international fans, I don't want you getting mad at me for saying soccer. So we will include the football. And I say it with the accent because I don't know how the accent above the little thing goes. So I'm just going to say it like that. But still, just complete domination by this team. And even more impressive, they have not stopped partying since they've won. Like, locker room videos are hilarious with the dancing and Alex Morgan. And all the girls just going crazy. They celebrated in France, then they got back on the plane, celebrated on the plane, got home, celebrated more, went to Good Morning America yesterday, uh, went to, had their ticker tape parade in New York, got on a plane, flew to California, went to the ESPYs where they won best team, adding even more hardware to everything they've done. Alex Morgan won best female athlete. So these women are just dominating the world right now, and as they should. They just completely blew everybody else out of the water. I mean, to put it in perspective of how good they were, not only did they win the World Cup, they also won the Golden Boot, the Silver Boot, which means you have the top two goal scorers in the whole tournament on your team. It makes sense you went to the finals, but still. To have the number one and two on your team. You also had them win the gold and bronze players of the tournament with Megan Rapino and Rose Lavelle. So you had Rapino and Morgan win the gold and silver boot. And then you didn't even have Morgan win one of the best three players. You had another player from your team. So you had three players who just completely dominated in the tournament. Like, it's just very impressive. From start to finish, you kind of had a feeling that they were going to just blow through everybody. And they did France gave him a hard time. That was where we thought the competition was going to come in. England even gave him a bit of a run. Netherlands never could get it going. Even with great, 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 no, come on. Even with great names like Bloodworth on their squad, like you kind of rooted for them just because of the last names. Sounds funny, but I mean, it was true. Some great last names on that team. But so these women have just dominated. They were the best by far in a way. And now they come back home to celebrations and criticisms and everything else. 
And now it's also gotten to the point where equal pay is what they're after. And it makes sense. They don't want equal payout from the World Cup. They know that's not going to happen. They want equal pay from the U.S. Soccer Federation. And I get it. They should. Say what you want, but over the past three years, the women and men's revenue intake goes to the women. The women have made more money, more revenue for U.S. soccer than the men have. Yet the men get paid way more, even in losses, than the do the women do for winning. So this isn't ju- this isn't a grand scale of FIFA pay us all this money, which the issue is most people think that's what they're looking for. It's not. People need to go below the surface of information. People hear a little quip here and there, and they're like, oh, this clearly is it. I have all the information in the world. I know everything. You don't. They're looking for equal pay from their own soccer federation, the United States, which they should get. It's to the point where even the government has put in a bill saying that they will not fund a World Cup bid for the U.S. if equal pay is not given out to the women's national team, which, when looking at everything, how are they not making equal pay? They have, as we stated now, won four World Cups. They've won four of them. They finished third place is the worst finish they've had. And they finished in second before. The best finish ever for a men's team in a World Cup was in the 1930s. They took third. That's it. That's the best they've ever done. Yet they get paid way more and they couldn't even win the Gold Cup against Mexico, who is a very good team, on home turf Sunday night after the World Cup. You would have thought they would have gone with some extra motivation. You know, the women won. Men got to go out and prove their thing. Nope. Didn't happen. It's all right, though. It happens. But the women definitely deserve equal pay. Without a doubt, they deserve equal pay because they put it down, show up every game, all the time, win way more than they lose. And by that, I mean, like, they basically never lose. Whereas the men couldn't even qualify for next World Cup because they just didn't show up against teams like Curacao. And I forget who they lost to or tied. They needed to win. They didn't. This was like a year ago. Still annoyed about it. But the women go in every game and they put it down. They show up. They should be paid equally. Because they do way more for U.S. soccer than the men do. It's just facts. Like, the women's team, more people can name people on the women's team now that Landon Donovan and Clint Dempsey are off the men's team especially. Basically, everybody just knows Christian Pulisic because he's supposed to be the savior of U.S. men's soccer. But I can name more people on the U.S. women's national team before this World Cup than I could on the men's team. Because that's who you notice them more. You you know they always dominate. If they're on TV, they win. Like, that's just how it is. So they should get equal pay. I don't care what else, I don't care what you think about the players themselves, the people on the team. I don't care what you think about Megan Rapino and her politics or what she says or what is going on in your head. This is not a political matter. 
This is a justice for equal pay for a sport and a region of the sports realm that is dominated by the U.S. women's team. The men's team doesn't come close to the U.S. women's team. And for anybody that's like, well, let's have them play against each other and then we'll decide who gets equal pay based on the results of the game are. No. Don't be dumb. Like, the people that are like, well, let's have the men and women face off each other. Whoever wins decides it. No. Because everybody knows there is a physical difference between a man and a woman. And that is unfair to try to match them up against each other in one 90-minute game to decide your stupid idea in your head. Like, just come on. Be better than that. Realize what's in front of you. Realize what they bring to the table and what they do for the sports community, for girls everywhere across this country. They give themselves role models. There are not many major women's sports that girls who want to be in sports can look up to that are publicized the way the U.S. women's national team is. Gymnastics every once in a while, especially when Olympics are near. Beach volleyball gets on TV every once in a while. The WNBA is there. But like only once in a while do a sports team with women on it get the public display of affection and, you know, shown everywhere like the U.S. women's national team. So take all that into consideration. Figure it all out. Was that equal out to equal pay? If I could, I'd give the women more. They win. It's really not that hard. They win. They bring in the same revenue as the men for U.S. soccer. Therefore, they should be paid as such. All right? I mean, that's what all it comes down to. Give them, give them the money. Show them the money. Give them the money. Let them be able to sustain their lives off of what they make from playing for their country. Because unlike the men, a lot of the women have to play in other, not just outside of the women's soccer league, but a lot of them have to have jobs outside of that just to make ends meet to an extent. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure to get put on them. So, think about all that. Try not to be political, but just in general, pay them. It's really not that hard. That's that's my little women's national team rant. Again, all congrats to them. They deserve it. Best team in the world, without a doubt. There's nobody better. They're the best. It's been proven time and time again. Back-to-back champs. Like, I guess in four years, the world can try again. But until then, you've got eight straight years of World Cup champs residing in the United States. So great job, ladies. Keep celebrating. I want you to celebrate for like the next month. Just everywhere you can. All right, we're going to take a quick ad break. There's only one place to find tickets, and that's 12 Ounce Sports Radio. Check it out. Did you know a recent NBA basketball ticket on 12 Ounce Sports Radio was only $5? That's right. You can buy event tickets on 12 Ounce Sports Radio for extremely low prices. Go to www.12OnSportsRadio.com and click the event tickets page on the menu and browse. You won't believe how easy and inexpensive it is to attend your next event. So be sure to go to www.12OnSportsRadio.com and click the event tickets page on our site. All right, now it's time to get into some Major League Baseball talk. 
Now, I know what you're thinking. There's not much going on right now, Greg. And you're right. It is one of the slowest weeks in sports the whole year. It actually is the slowest week in sports all year. When the ESPYs are on, you know things are slow. That's like, it's summer league, it's baseball, and baseball is not even playing right now. They resume again this weekend. Why? Because we had the All-Star Game. So the All-Star Game took place Tuesday night. And again, in unshocking fashion, the American League won for the seventh straight time. I think this makes it now 18 out of 22 or 19 out of 23, something in that range of that range of games, which is just ridiculous. And it shows you the talent level, I think, difference in the American League and the National League. This is the difference. The National League is known for more so pitching. That's how I've always viewed it that way. The National League is where top pitchers really go. That's where you have guys like Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer on that side. And then the American League has some great pitchers. Don't get me wrong. But the hitters in the American League are way better. And I say this partly because, yes, the DH does help. You have another guy that can hit well and you get, if he plays positions, he gets thrown into the all-star team as a first baseman or an outfielder or whatever. But, I mean, hitting an offense is always going to win, especially now in this era of, as Justin Verlander calls it, juiced baseballs. Now, if you missed it, it was a great tirade, great rant that Verlander went off and basically saying the balls are juiced now. There's only strikeouts and home runs, yada, yada, yada. And then Manfred, the commissioner for MLB, basically said, don't know what you're talking about. Balls haven't changed. All this stuff. Doesn't matter. All I know is we're on track for hitting a thousand more home runs than back in like 2000 for the, just the season alone, which is bonkers. It's a lot of long balls. People love the long ball, but that's a lot. Like, And the Yankees and Twins and them are like accounting for half, I think. But anyway, back to the All-Star game. The American League won again 4-3. You know, it's the type of game that you want. It's the All-Star game that you deserve. Now, I said this on Twitter, and, you know, some people did not agree with me. And you know who you are. Mike, Scott, Craftbird Sports. Just throwing throwing you guys out there. You, you were like, MLB All-Star Game is not the best All-Star Game out of all of them. NBA, all that, NHL, whatever you want to say. I'm looking at it from a competitive standpoint. What is the best game I'm going to watch? And the American, all, not the American, American League wins all the time. It just seems like they're the only team on the field. The MLB All-Star Game is the most competitive. It's the only one where I truly feel like the players are going out, trying their hardest, and playing an actual game. Pitchers come in pumped because they know they only have to throw one inning. So if you're a relief pitcher, you're doing your normal thing. Starting pitchers, though, are so amped up. They're like, I just got, I'm just going to throw it all out here. One inning. That's all I'm doing. I, I got a few days to rest after this. So I, you get the best of the best. You get top plays. You get... Offensive guys who are just gonna do it, gonna put on a show, plain and simple. You had home runs, you had nice plays, you had some guys on base like singles, doubles. You had everything, every aspect of the game you wanted to see, and that's all you can ask for in an All Star game. That's why, to me, it's the best of the All Star games. Because let's be honest, NBA. Yeah, it's fun. It's high scoring. You know, it's like 157 to 153 every year. 
three-pointers, cool dunks and alley-oops and all that stuff. But there's absolutely zero defense. The guys are just out there basically practicing and having a good time figuring out who's going where next offseason, which we'll get to. Don't worry. I know big decisions came out after the last show. But that's not, I mean, it's exciting, it's fun, but from a competitive standpoint, from just like an actual watching and being like, these are the best of the best, not what I want to see. NHL, I get it. You're men on blades, literally on ice, and you could kill each other. And then the Pro Bowl is just a two-hand touch love fest. But for something that's a love fest, wouldn't you expect a lot more scoring? And I think like the final score of this year's Pro Bowl was like 20 to 17. Like It's not what you want to see. If you're not going to try, at least give me some 90-yard passes, some just like fun, or if anything, just do the skills challenges. I'd much rather watch you guys play dodgeball against each other, quarterback deep throws, who can throw the farthest, all these different things, what defensive tackle or whatever, what defensive player in general can tackle the hardest, have like a dummy set up like one of those punching arcade games. Just do that instead. So I'd much rather that than having to sit there and watch a terrible football game, which honestly I don't even watch. Can't even fill a stadium because everybody knows it's a joke. And, you know, just just give me the MLB All-Star game four times a year if that's the case. I don't care when. But those guys are always out there. And I get it. It's non-contact. That was one of the points made by Mike. It's a great point when you look at the other sports. But still. Most competitive, which makes it the most enjoyable for me to watch, personally. Whatever your stance on it, I'd love to hear it. Again, you can find me at Twitter at SportsDance underscore. Or, you know, to shoot me a message on Instagram. Shoot me one on Facebook. Whatever you want to do. Even comment on SoundCloud or Apple Podcast. Whatever you think. I'm all ears. I'm always here. I'm ready to listen. You give me your stance. I'll talk about it. Maybe I'll even set up a number. It's not going to be fun like the Craft Broods guys where it's a drunk dial line. Now, I won't have a fancy name like that. It's just going to be like the stance line. But you know what? Whatever. I want to hear what you think. Because to me, all-star game for the MLB is by far the best. Now, I will say this year, that game was definitely overshadowed by what happened the night before. Which was the home run derby of all home run derbies, at least in recent memory. Nothing's going to top like Ken Griffey Jr. and, you know, the backwards hat and all that fun stuff. But this derby was one of the best in a long time. And we have one person to thank for that. And that is Vladimir Guerrero himself. Because without him, you know, getting it on and popping out a kid, we would not have had Vladimir Guerrero Jr. alive today to put on a show in Cleveland. And a show he put on. He didn't win the entire thing somehow. But man, did he have fun getting there. Whew. If you did not watch, just go check out the replay. He hit a total throughout the whole competition. 91 home runs. And he didn't win. Pete Alonso of the Mets won. So it was rookie versus rookie. Both of them basically trying to double their salary because the winner got a million dollar prize. And it was just fantastic. And... The only, my only, only, only complaint about the Home Run Derby 
was I thought the rule used to be you had to wait till the ball hit the ground before the next pitch could happen. I felt like when I was watching Alonzo, it was like a speed round of pitch after pitch after pitch and swing after swing to the point where the camera couldn't even keep up. And I was trying to figure out how many home runs does he need left? Did that one go out of the park? I don't know. Oh, hey, that one did go out. The number one up. Um, Cool. Yeah. Like even his last home run that won it all. I had no clue that was the game winning home run until like it was midair seeing the thing change from 22 from 21 to 22 and then I was like that ball is not counted yet that that wins it so that was the my only complaint about it besides that though the only other thing I could have needed was Chris Berman just shouting back 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 why he wasn't why he's not on the broadcast I don't know that's like half the reason people watch it it's just to hear Berman so ESPN figured out because if that man is willing to just do that and only that, pay him a million dollars because that's that's what puts fans' eyeballs on the TV and butts in the seats. I know the place is packed, but come on, people want to see Berman. They want to see that classic home run call. But the home run derby definitely stole the show for All Star Weekend week, whatever you want to call it. Apparently, everybody had a great time in Cleveland, but man, that home run derby. Now, the only thing you could say downside was Christian Yelich had to pull out because of back issues. So who knows? Probably still want to won because he was supposed to face Guerrero Jr., who hit 29 home runs in the first round. Uh, you had a Braves player in it who, just like the team, can't get very far in competition. Yes, Scott, that was a slight at you. Please don't hate me. Come on. It was like wide. It was right there for the taking. Had to take it. But the Polar Bear won. And if you don't know, that's Pete Alonzo's nickname. And he hit like 50-something home runs total. So people were like, ah, oh, that's not cool. Guerrero Jr. hit way more. Yeah, well, they don't roll over. You got to make sure you pace yourself. You get to a point where you think the number's high enough and you hope for the best. It probably didn't help that him and Jock Peterson went, I think, like, what, a full 10 rounds of swing-offs, it seemed like. Which that was, that was the, that's what made all of it. Jock Peterson and Vlad going at it in swing-offs of three swings, no other thing, nothing else, tying again and having to do it all over was just fantastic. Like, that is what made people who weren't watching it and following on Twitter and stuff click over just to watch that. It was to the point where I was clicking back and forth between that and another show, and I clicked back and my wife was like, no, let's just watch this. This is a fascinating, which that, I mean, it's a home run derby. That doesn't happen. Not many people care about that. Only like really big baseball fans are like, let me sit, just sit and watch BP. That's it. So that's how you know it was a great home run derby. Besides that, and MLB news, moving on from the All-Star game, kind of. Robotic umps? Yeah, that's a thing. The Atlantic League introduced a robotic ump for the All-Star game to test out. So it's not like an actual robot behind the dugout or behind the plate or anything like that, which would be awesome because honestly, it would sound a lot like this. That is a strike. Outside corner. And then you would also have a little bit of this sprinkled in between as well. Ball four. Take base human. So no, it's nothing like that, but that would be awesome, right? Like if you just had a robot that 
even if it wasn't like human shaped, it was just a box behind there, just telling you humanoid to go take your base. Like, good for you. And got coaches try to come out and argue, and it's just a robotic box that doesn't respond back. Thing would get toppled over, money would be lost, be taken out of the coach's salary, he would actually be in debt. Then he'd have to, like, you know, give a kidney away. And, you know, it would just be a fun cycle for everybody. But no, what it actually is, is there's sensors set up. There's an iPhone in his pocket. There's an earpiece. Balls and strikes will be told into his ear as the home plate umpire. And he'll be the one announcing what the call is. But he does have override ability. Mainly because the sensors can't pick up if a ball hits the ground and then bounces up into a catcher's mitt in the strike zone it will consider that a strike. Clearly it's not. And, you know, if the umpire believes that the sensor picked up something wrong, he can override. So Angel Hernandez is going to have a field day when this gets approved for the MOB because he's just going to be like, it's a strike. And then if they argue, he can blame it on the robot, which I think then, if that's the case because he is a terrible umpire with the worst strike zone ever, they need to put it in the coaches. Like, they need to have it in the dugout where you can physically see the screen of what it was going to be called. And that way you can base off if the umpire says strike. If it's close, you, you don't argue. But if it's blatantly bad, then you have a case. Then you can challenge that. Because like that's the only way it's going to work out. And I know what you're thinking. Isn't this going to make the game longer? Probably not, actually. Because if coaches and players stop arguing balls and strikes... Because they know it's not truly the home plate umpire making the decision. The game probably will just move on. Because players can't argue with an artificial strike zone. That is set up and they know exactly what it is. And that's, that's all there is to it. So I think this will be interesting. The Atlantic League. If you don't know what that is. It's an independent baseball league. But MLB has a kind of like setup with how the NFL did with the Alliance Football League where they will test out different things, different rules, kind of a test league to see what might work in the future, what won't, because then it goes from there to the minor leagues, from minor leagues to major leagues, and then that's how it all works. The Alliance League was going to be perfect for the NFL with that, but they just didn't know how to handle money, unlike the Atlantic League. So they folded. The NFL lost their experimentation league. Maybe the XFL will make some sort of agreement for promotion. Who knows? But I do personally think that robot, umpire, sensor, whatever it is, is a good step forward because, one, it speeds up the game, I think, in the long run. And two, maybe one day then we actually get a robotic umpire behind the plate, which would be pretty sweet. I would just love, I would want them to make sure, though, that every single robotic umpire has its own home plate strikeout move. So you have to give them arms. They have to be able to move a little. Because I just want to see them, you know, different like spins, reactions. Maybe one has like flares for strikeouts. Like that'd be pretty sweet. So make that happen, Major League. Please. Pretty please. I mean, I'm asking nicely. We're already partly there. Like 10 years from now, we can have the Terminator just standing behind home plate. You argue it, you know what happens next. So besides that. Not much else in the major leagues going on. Like I said, it's a slow time. Week slow. I could make second half predictions, but do you really want to hear that right now? Because it 
it's just not it's not a thing. It's not good if I don't have somebody to bounce it off of. Again, I know everybody loved my guest last week. I'll try to get him back on soon. Maybe talk some major league, you know. But for now, it's just me. And we're gonna move on to our next ad, which is my bookie. And my bookie, if you don't know, gambling site. So take a listen. Keynote here is 12 ounce sports gives a promo code of 12 ounce sports. Make sure it's in all capitals when you enter it and you get double your money back. So it's a pretty good deal to start off with. All right. So check out the ad. Ever want to make a wager but don't know where? Go to my bookie. Use promo code 12 ounce sports to get 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Listen to all our gambling shows, then put that knowledge to practice on my bookie. Make sure to use the promo code 12 Sports to get the bonus. You can find their banners and links to, on every page of our website at www.12OunceSportsRadio.com or go to mybookie.ag. All right, last but not least, we all know NBA free agency is basically over with. The big fish have made their decisions, and the last big fish made the biggest splash of all with where he's going to go. And that is Marcus Morris going to the Spur. Hold on, what's that? Morris is not going, maybe going to this. Who knows? Oh, he's not the. I'm sorry, my producer's telling me Marcus Morris was not the big fish I was supposed to be talking about. Kawhi Leonard, actually. Yeah, that, I, yeah, that makes more sense. Kawhi Leonard was the big star. And come on, we all know where he was going to go. He was going to end up in LA. Most of us just thought it was going to be in the purple and gold because if you had a chance to join LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and you know fully well LeBron is in the twilight years of his career, even though he looks like he's still late 20s with, I mean, dude just doesn't age, physically at least, like freak of nature type stuff. But if you knew you had him and Anthony Davis, guaranteed at least probably for the next two to three years, wouldn't you take that? Like, I would take it. I could join the Lakers right now, and I'd probably at least help us get to a, the semifinals, like the championship round, conference-wise. And I would just be sitting on the bench. But that's just me. I, I get why Kawhi didn't want to go to the Lakers. Everybody knows you go to the Lakers, you're in LeBron's shadow. It's just inevitable. It's like if somebody went to the Bulls back when Jordan was there. Mm-hmm. You were not going to be top dog. You were going to be second fiddle, maybe even third fiddle. I mean, obviously Kawhi would have been 1B because with Anthony Davis and LeBron, you have 1A, 1B, and 1C because all three of them are top five players. You can make the argument. I mean, if you think about it, people will probably have a top seven in their top five. And what I mean by that is you got like Kevin Durant went healthy. LeBron James, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard. You got, man, I don't even, why can't I think of names? Like, but you just have James Harden. You got all ridiculous talent. Giannis. There we go. That's seven. I was struggling there for a second. But you have those seven guys at least that you could arguably make to put in your top five in the NBA right now. And that's probably leaving out a few guys. So you would have had three of the top five players, potentially, in the league on one team. Now Kawhi, after being in Toronto and being the guy, 
you know, probably really enjoyed it and decided, I want to keep doing this. I want to be the guy, but I want to be the guy in LA. I don't want to be in Toronto anymore. I want to be close to home. But if I go to the Clippers, what am I really going to get if I'm there? Well, he voiced those concerns and made it clear that you need to get me another star. And if you do, I'm yours. And if that star happens to be Paul George, because I said, hey, Paul George, request a trade to the Clippers, then that star is going to be Paul George. And that's exactly what happened, which is the part of this whole signing nobody saw. The man of mystery kept everything so secretive, so quiet, so spy-like with his group and everything going on in free agency. None of us, not one, not these NBA insiders, not these people that had sources, had any clue. Chris Broussard, Jalen Rose, none of them had a darn clue because, you know, trying to keep it clean on here, what was going on. Because Kawhi Leonard basically said, you leak any of this, I'm gone. I think that's part of the reason why he didn't stay in Toronto because people were like literally following where his hotel was. They were having cameras on like planes and helicopters and he's not that guy. The Clippers did all this secretly without anybody knowing with Sam Presti and made it happen and gave up a ton to get Paul George. But they got him. That's all that matters because guess what? That means Kawhi is in LA. That means you have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James all in one building on two separate teams, which means a rivalry is going to be great for the next two years at least. And I say two years because we assume Anthony Davis will sign back with the Lakers after this season. And Kawhi and Paul George both are at least signed guaranteed for two years. Both left themselves with a third-year player option. Obviously, George's contract was with the Thunder, and he already had a year done. So Kawhi just wanted to follow that. So they hit free agency at the same time. Mainly, the point there is, if something is not going well in L.A., they can both split. Maybe walk across the hall. Because you're going to have that ability. Imagine that. Imagine they go to the Clippers, bring them some success. You know, maybe they make an NBA Finals, and then... You know, they decide, you know what? I'd really rather be in the purple and gold and just literally walk across the hallway. Oh, man, would that be a move? That would be incredible. It's probably not going to happen, but that would be incredible. Just in awe. The look on Bomber's face. He's like an innocent kid that just has billions of dollars. Like, he is literally a man-child in, like, a toy store all the time. It's incredible. I don't think I've ever seen a billionaire that, that that happy all the time. I mean, I get it, you're a billionaire, but I feel like he never looks stressed. Every other billionaire always looks like a little stressed, to be honest. Probably because, you know, they're getting divorces and trying to figure out why Microsoft won't load on their computer so fast. But anyway, that's a rivalry. That is a move that completely balances out the NBA. Like, it's ridiculous. Kawhi took down two dynasties in his career and now made everything reset in the NBA where it is wide open. There are seven or eight teams that have a legit shot at winning the NBA title next year, which is going to make it real fun to watch the NBA. Like, the NBA the past few years has been 
It's going to be LeBron Warriors, LeBron Warriors, LeBron Warriors, Warriors somebody, LeBron somebody. Like, you had an idea of who was going to be the final two teams. You maybe could round it out to three or four teams that were probably going to be there. For the most part, though, you knew it was going to be, at least over the past five years, the Warriors and somebody that LeBron was with. Like, that's all you knew. Now, it could be the Warriors, it could be the Lakers, it could be the Sixers, it could be the, not the Bulls. I almost said the Bulls. It could be the Celtics, maybe. Maybe they make a run. It could be the Bucks. It could be the Clippers. It could be just like actually anybody. The Rockets could get thrown in. The Jazz, like at least coming out of the West, it is so wide open and it's going to be fantastic. Maybe if Russ now gets traded from the Thunder, because that's the rumors that are being that you know OKC might just be in full rebuild mode. They got. Like, I think a 1,000 picks for Paul George. So it might be time for Brody to, you know, move on out, find another place to be angrily intense all the time and try to get those triple doubles. Miami is rumored. Him and Jimmy Butler just by themselves put it on reality TV. Inject it into my veins because that will be the most hated, friendliest, angriest locker room and on-court duo, like, ever. And it would be fantastic to watch. So who knows? I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen this year. Brooklyn, we know, has no shot really this year without Kevin Durant. So then next year when he comes back, even more wide open on both sides. You at least then have three or four legit contenders on both conferences, which like hasn't happened easily in the past five or six seasons. The past few seasons, the whole thing has been like, can the Rockets dethrone the Warriors? Nope. Like it just didn't happen. Can anybody else in the East beat LeBron? Yep, once he finally left. So you have all those different things going on, and Kawhi balanced it all out with one decision. It's incredible. Because you know if he made the decision to the Lakers, Lakers win. Lakers are your NBA champions at least for the next few years. This is how it is. That's all it was going to be. But instead, he at least balances out the league for the next two years. So... Happy for everybody. Happy for every NBA fan out there. It's going to be fun to watch. It's all, I mean, he he made it. He's a fun guy to make this decision. And just, oh, just how he did it. He did it so stealthily. That's the most impressive thing about it. But you could kind of also look at it as tampering because apparently he told Paul George to make the request and you're not supposed to do that. But nothing's going to happen. Nobody's going to say a thing. Worst case scenario, he gets a $50,000 fine. Who cares? Like, chump change, he made a signed a $103 million contract. $50,000 for getting his friend to come play with him. Seems like a pretty good deal. Because that's the other thing we got to think about it. The Clippers didn't just trade for Paul George. They traded for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, technically, because Kawhi said, if you get him, I'm signing. So they got two huge stars for whatever they sent away. Uh, they sent away two players, Gallinari and Shea Alexander or something because he has a super long name and like seven picks. Half of them, which are other teams. So like, it's not like they lost tons. They gained way more. So it'll be fun. It's going to be a good time. And the NBA is going to be, NBA is going to be entertaining. It's going to be a little longer though. And I'll tell you why. Coaches' decisions and challenges. That is right. The Board of Governors, 
decided, let's give the coaches challenges. Now, it's not going to be fun like the NFL. They won't be able to throw a flag out on the court and, you know, the refs see it and be like, okay, what do you want to challenge? No, instead, they have to call a timeout. They got to twirl their finger in the air like they're uh, calling a home run. Um, and then they'll get a coach's challenge. You can challenge basically from what it sounds like anything. Personal fouls, foot on line, out of bounds, all these different things. You can only not challenge in the final two minutes, like goaltending, out of bounds, certain things. But you can always challenge personal fouls, which is interesting because I feel like that could get out of hand and it could make a game last a lot longer than it needs to which the whole point of all these things are supposed to try to shorten games. But I guess it was bound to happen. Every other league has video replay, so why not the NBA and give coaches a challenge now? So who knows? I really wish they kind of had to do what the soccer did with the VAR, where you got to look at the ref and draw a box or, you know, do some weird gesture to get their attention and be like, review that, like, one suggestion I heard was a t-shirt cannon listening to ESPN, which imagine that. Or, you know, I switched that a button. They press, they have like a flag on each side of the scores table. They press a button and a little flag drops down saying challenge. Like make it fun, make it creative. Is it a good idea? Sure. We'll see how it goes after one year. I mean, why not? If it gets out of hand, it's going to get, it's going to get stomped out. There's not many times I feel like a coach needs to challenge a play. I feel like the refs in the NBA get it for the most part right. I mean, fouls, I mean, a slap on the wrist, you're going to get a foul called. So if you challenge that, you have to really know for a fact your guy to not make a foul. That's what it comes down to. Like maybe a legit block or a charge or something like that. So it's not a terrible idea. I don't think coaches are going to overabuse it. If one does, I hope it's Greg Popovich and he just makes stands all the time and just shouts and yells because any coach is going to make a stink. You want it to be Pop. Like he, I feel like he's going to be like a Lou Pinella and just challenge things and get tossed. That would be the best. I also don't know if there's going to be rules about like in the NFL where you can challenge and if you win the challenge, you keep your challenge. If you lose your challenge, you only get one other. Like how many can you actually legitimately do? Because I feel like you can't be like, you get six timeouts and a coach takes six timeouts each half and every time he's like, review this. Like, I feel like that can't be it. But besides that, that's all I got for you this week. Uh, we're going to do some quick hits. So quick hits really just involve one or two quick NFL stories. So here's that. All right, so quick hits. I got one sad story. One weird story and one actual, like, legitimate NFL news story. So we'll get through the sad because you don't want to end on a sad note. Albert Hainsworth, the former defensive line stud for the Titans and money robber of the Redskins, is sadly in need of a kidney. To the point where he had to put out a plea online to people letting everybody know his kidneys have failed him. And he is looking for a donor, so any friends, families, even strangers who are willing to potentially give a kidney to please call a number and donate. So if you haven't seen it and you feel like you're a very generous person, power to you. If you're an organ donor and you think you might have a kidney that matches, you you will help save a life, potentially. So, I mean, it's just super sad because he was a very skilled athlete. And to think eight years after retirement, he is now potentially... 
on his deathbed to an extent because if he doesn't get a kidney, obviously you need a kidney to survive. And he needs one sooner than later. So you hope for his sake somebody matches and can go through this process and help him out because that would be fantastic. So that's very sad. The fact that he even had to put out a message online pleading for help, it just breaks your heart. So hopefully prayers are for Albert Hainsworth. You know, send your thoughts, send your best wishes, everything you can towards him because he needs them right now. All right, so moving on off the sadness, the weird story is Titans coach Mike Rabel was asked on the Bussin' with the Boys podcast this week, would you be willing to cut off your dick to win a Super Bowl? Without hesitation, Rabel responded. Now remember this. He has won three Super Bowl titles as a linebacker for the Patriots. But his response was still, I've been married for 20 years. Yeah, probably. She'd be like, do you want me to do it? Do you want to do it now? What? Like, what is happening? A Super Bowl title is not worth cutting off your manhood for, Mike. Like, I don't care how much you want to make sure you keep your job. Keep, keep, keep your manhood. Like, would I be willing to cut off mine for a Super Bowl? No, and I'm not even on a team or a coach. So that means I'd somehow get a talented enough to do that. Still, the answer is no. 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 Unless there was, like, a medical reason I had to. No. A Super Bowl is not that important, especially for somebody that has three. You have, like, you have three rings. You've experienced the joy of a Super Bowl. You've been married for 20 years, so therefore it's okay? Mike, I think we got to have a serious talk. Like, what? I, even if you were joking, what's the mindset? That's a terrible joke. Awful. Just hurts thinking about I mean, I guess like you would be considered a god in Tennessee, but even like you wouldn't be considered the god. It'd be Marcus Mariota. Well, actually, it'd probably be. Let's be honest. Mariota would get hurt. Tannehill would come in. Who's the backup for Tannehill at this point? No clue. So it'd be whoever the third string quarterback is would be the god because he'd be the one starting at that point. So yeah, no, no, I would not do that. And you. You shouldn't even think that your wife would be like, yeah, let me just, you want to do it now? Because that just makes you and your wife sound like crazy people. Are you crazy people, Mike? Are you? Are you? Because it certainly sounds like it. What would Bill Belichick say? Somebody asked Bill Belichick if he had no Super Bowl rings, if he'd cut his dick off for one. Guess what my answer is probably going to be for his response. No. Like, come on. You know who would probably... Brady would do it. I feel like Brady would definitely do it. Maybe it's a Patriot thing. Maybe it's like guys during that era were like, you know what? I'd cut my dick off for another one of these. Uh, so it's pretty weird. But I had to include it because it was just that odd. But last, and has nothing to do with cutting off your manhood least... The actual NFL story that I can talk about for quick hits is Melvin Gordon 
of the Chargers came out saying, I would like a new contract or trade me to a team that will give me one. Because if you don't, I'm not reporting. Come on, guys. I get you want your money. I get you want your guarantees. Gordon, isn't Gordon still in his rookie contract? Like, no offense, Melvin. You're not Aaron Donald. You're not Carson Wentz. You're not these rookies who have been top impact influence players in this league on their rookie deals. You're just not. I hate to break it to you. You stunk your first year. Yeah, you've had two good years since then. But you were terrible your first year. And even when they needed you most last year, you didn't look great. You're injury prone. You've gotten hurt a few times. Like, maybe maybe get a good faith, like, stay healthy, have a full good healthy season, and we will make sure we offer you that big contract. But not many teams right now need you. There are no running back hungry teams that are definitely like, I need Melvin Gordon on my team. So guess what? You're not, I mean, you're not Le'Veon Bell, and guess what? They replaced him with James Conner, who basically did the exact same thing that Bell did. So it just shows you you're replaceable. They already have a backup to you that's really good. So, like, think about what you're saying and what you're deciding. And maybe, maybe sit down with Philip Rivers' oldest kid because, you know, they're, like, your age. And get some wise wisdom from him being like, hey, what should I do? And he or she will be sitting there in their bolo tie just being like, stay with my dad. He'll show you the way. I don't know why I don't know if Philip Rivers' kids have an accent. I just feel like they would. But come on, play out your last season. Don't be don't be a diva. You have a good or one or good one or good. That that makes sense. You had one or two good seasons. You can't just go out and be like, trade me. That's now. Can't do it. You're in a rookie deal. Don't do it. Chargers aren't going to trade you. You're just going to get hit with money. Like, you're just going to be like, oh, here, take my paycheck. Oh, there goes another paycheck. Oh, there goes another paycheck. Like, that's all you're going to... You're costing yourself money if you don't show up. They're not going to trade you. You're too good. You're not top-tier good, but, like, you're top 15 fantasy draft good because everybody takes a running back first. You're in that top 10. So... Do yourself a favor, show up, stay healthy. That's all you got to do. Football's a violent sport. You knew what you were doing. You knew what you are signing up for. So, play, stay healthy. That's all you can ask for. Even Zeke's not even coming out being like, I want a new contract. And he's way better than you. Like, way better. Gets suspended a lot for dumb things, but he's way better than you. So stop it. Just stop it. Just like I'm going to stop. End of the show. That's it. That's all I got for you. That was quick hits. So like I said, that is all I got for you this week. Yep, didn't do any like little segments here. Just straight talked at you for just about an hour. But you know, thanks for joining me. As always, thank you 12 on Sports. As always, you know, check me out on SoundCloud. Check it out on Apple Podcasts. You can download the episode. You can subscribe, so if you miss a week, you can hear my lovely voice telling you all my thoughts and stances on sports today. So, again, I will go through all of it. 
at Twitter, you can find me at sportsdance underscore. It's two S's in the middle. It's a brown logo that looks like a leather football with the name in the middle. Not hard to miss. Same on Instagram and Facebook, you know, the sports dance. Pretty simple. You know, subscribe, like, comment, do all that fun stuff. Do what you got to do to make me feel loved. But besides that, that's all I got for you this week. Go enjoy the weekend. Sports are coming back soon. And by that, I mean MLB will be back this weekend. You got football training camp starting in a few weeks. So, you know, we're almost there, folks. Don't wish the summer away. But we're almost to football season. Not that long to go. Enjoy the summer, though. Enjoy just having to watch baseball at night and not try to figure out how you're going to watch baseball, basketball, hockey, football, like all of that at once. So just enjoy this time. Have a good weekend. Hopefully you got good weather. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy the rain if you have it. If you're inside in the rain, go see Spider-Man Far From Home. Saw it the other night. Fantastic. Even if you're not a superhero movie fan, it was just a good, fun movie. So have a good weekend. Again, I'm Greg. This is The Sports Dance. Have a good one. The Sports Dance.